Now, back to the Larry Kudlow Show. Welcome back, folks. I'm Larry Kudlow. Bjorn Lomborg, folks, president of the Copenhagen Consensus, author and visiting fellow at Hoover Institution, former director of the Danish government's Environmental Assessment Institute in Copenhagen. And he's the author of Best Things First, The 12 Most Efficient Solutions for the World's Poorest and Our Global SDG Promises. Okay. Bjorn, I never give you enough time on TV. We've got 10 minutes here on radio. 10 minutes. (laughs) Hey, Larry. That's an eternity, and you're very kind to do this. Um, I want to go back to some of the numbers in your op-ed piece in the journal this week, Net Zero Fails the Cost-Benefit Test. It's very compelling. You've got a number in here. Each dollar spent will avoid less than 17 cents of climate damage. The total undiscounted loss over the century is beyond $1,800 trillion. For comparison, global GDP last year was a little over $100 trillion. So you're saying the cost is 18 times the world economy. Is that what you're saying? Yes. It's obviously, we're going to be richer in the future, uh, so it's probably a little less. But yes, it's worth pointing out that over the next 80 years or so, we're going to be spending so much, if we actually carry through the Paris promises, we're going to be spending so much and delivering fairly little in benefit that the total loss will be $1,800 trillion, or the equivalent of 18 times the GDP of all the countries in the world in 2022. So why are they doing this? I mean, where are the calmer heads to prevail? Well, I think partly, Larry, it's because nobody's ever done this. Uh, So these are new numbers that have just come out uh, in the last couple of months. And nobody wants to hear this because everyone just wants to say nice stuff. Oh, we're going to go net zero. Oh, it's going to be a beautiful world. Look, the reality is global warming is a real problem. But it's a much, much bigger problem if you end up tackling it really badly. So we should tackle global warming, but we should do so smartly. Right now, everyone seems to be determined on doing something that's just going to cost a fortune, and of course, thereby making sure it'll never actually happen because we're going to run out of money before we uh, we end up going net zero. So in some sense, this is just because a lot of people are trying to sell you a lot of stuff. Uh, obviously, a lot of people are getting a lot of subsidies and a lot of people are getting a lot of power out of saying, this is a real emergency, we need all your money. But the reality is, we need to be smart if we're going to fix climate change. I mean, you've said to me time and time again in recent years that we should be nurturing technological advances, not just throwing money and subsidies at this. Exactly, Larry. Look, the fundamental point is you don't solve stuff by telling everyone, I'm, I'm sorry, would you mind being a little poorer, a little colder, a little less comfortable, fly less, drive less, eat less meat? That's never going to win you any elections. The reality is, if you're going to fix this problem, you will need to come up with green energy that's cheaper than fossil fuels. If that happens, you won't just have rich, well-meaning Americans in California and el- elsewhere uh, buying a little bit of, of renewables. But you'll actually have everyone switch, not just these rich guys, but also China, India, and Africa. And that's what this making sure everyone gets on board 
with a, an eventual transition. That happened through technological change. We we didn't fix, you know, back in the 1970s when when we worried immensely about the fact that we wouldn't be able to feed the world. We didn't fix it by telling everyone, I'm sorry, you have to eat a little less in the rich world and then we'll send it to the poor world. We fixed it through technological innovation, the green revolution that basically produced a lot more food on every acre of land. That's how you fix problems. Can we have uh, in the States uh, and elsewhere, presumably, but can we have what I call, uh, what we used to call an all of the above strategy? Instead of ruling out all fossil fuels, which seems to be the policy of this administration and others, why can't we just let everything go and let the technology advance us? I mean, even fossil fuels, there's such a thing as dirty oil versus relatively clean oil. Natural gas is a clean burning fuel. If I'm not mistaken, Europe or the EU has reclassified it as a clean burning fuel. In other words, why kill an enormous amount of energy to produce a much less amount of energy? Well, that's a very good question, and you're not going to be able to you know, live your life if, if you stop using fossil fuels right now. Remember, fossil fuels power 80% of the whole world. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't make sense to say we're just going to switch over to renewables. People do not want to do that as long as they're much more expensive. But think about the idea of you know people are arguing we could get fourth-generation nuclear, those small modular nuclear uh, generators that mm-hmm. potentially could be very safe and incredibly cheap. Now, they're not there yet, so I'm not promising you this, Larry, but if they get there, everyone would switch. It wouldn't have to be that you have to enforce that people need to do this, that, and the other, but it's simply the fact that people will go to the cheapest energy. This is why the U.S. switched a lot from coal to gas, uh, because of the fracking revolution. That's an innovation that has actually brought the U.S. much cheaper energy, which was great, but also switch people from uh, coal to gas, which happens to reduce carbon emissions dramatically. So, again, the point here is it's you absolutely shouldn't be saying you have to use this technology. But I think the future is not going to be all of the above. It's going to be the cheapest and most effective of the above. And we have to make sure through innovation that that is also one of the green alternatives. Well, I think that's the that's the market-based, capitalist-based approach. That's the growth and prosperity-based approach. I mean, I don't oh, want to have... Absolutely. I, I, I think we forget how incredibly dependent we are on energy. Energy is what's made us rich. Energy yeah. is what you know started the Industrial Revolution, and we need that, both in our rich countries to keep us warm and to fly us everywhere and to you know, produce our food, but this is also true for poor countries. What we need to make sure is that we make better energy for the future. And that's where innovation can come in. You know, we, we support yeah. innovation in lots of other areas, in medical sciences, because they make breakthroughs in the long run. We yeah. should do the same thing for energy. Bjorn Lomborg, president of the Copenhagen Consensus and a fellow at the Hoover Institution. Thank you, Bjorn. Appreciate it very, very much. Folks, Great. take a quick break. We're going to take a look at the economy from uh, respected economist Joe Lavornia. I'm Kudlow. Economy next up. Stay with us, please. Much more coming.
This is Greg Kelly for Priority Gold. What does it mean to be America's precious metals dealer? It means that you're in touch with the hearts and minds of those who love this country, value our freedom, and want to protect the future. Priority Gold is that precious metals dealer. They've helped thousands of Americans back their retirement with solid gold and silver. Call Priority Gold at 888-506-6439. Receive free shipping, free storage, a free investment guide, and one of the best purchase experiences in the industry. Call now or go to PriorityGold.com. 